you are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rise up, Red Sea. It's the Locked On Arizona Cardinals podcast. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy joining you on a Friday. Our guy Johnny Venerable from Revenge of the Birds is here, as always, every Friday. And um, not much to talk about today, guys. Anything anything <laughs> in the news as far as the Cardinals are concerned? Uh, Nothing, I mean, it's huh? Touchy. Yeah. Rookies it's touchy. reported. We've got a couple days before the vets report. Well, we'll see who reports. I don't think that there's going to be any big headline come next week, but there certainly was yesterday. We're going to get into it. The DeAndre Hopkins tweet that has the, uh, I believe the kids say, shooketh. The NFL world just was shooketh yesterday, especially on social media. We'll get into it. A couple things to talk about from that. Uh, And then we're going to get into our kind of preseason superlatives, some predictions about this Arizona Cardinals team that will open up training camp. Yes, Next week, let me tell you this real quick. Winning your league, Fantasy Football League, starts with the right data. Vinny Iyer of Sporting News provides you with the edge that you need in Fantasy Football League's Locked On Fantasy Football is a daily podcast all year round. So your fantasy team never fails unless you're Alex Clancy. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy. Listen to Vinny Iyer every day. All right, so let's get into this conversation before we get into our superlatives. It was yesterday, 12.39 p.m. Where were you? DeAndre Hopkins on the heels of the NFL, kind of throwing down the gauntlet. This is from Tom Pelissero of ES of NFL Network saying that the NFL informed clubs that if a game cannot be rescheduled during an 18-week season in 2021 due to COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss for playoff seating per sources. That's no longer a report. Massive implications. Now, after that came out, and we see the time stamp on that, 10 o'clock, it was DeAndre Hopkins that just came out with this. It's now deleted tweet. Never thought I would say this, but being put in a position to hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my future in the NFL. Social media was ablaze. Uh, guys, initial reaction. You know, um, of all of the guys, like it, it, him coming out and saying it because he believes it. I mean, it's on it's on brand. I mean, he doesn't hold anything back. He's very savvy when it comes to social media. Uh, you could potentially give him uh, a lion's share of the credit for getting J.J. Watt over here with an Instagram post. Uh, he's not afraid to say what he thinks, make jokes, be funny, be smart like he is. Um, what I'm equating this to, because this could turn, and Bo and I have talked about this, we're not going to dive deep into the the underlying question surrounding getting vaccinated or not. Um, The way I look at it is how Bo and I used to talk about Patrick Peterson and Chandler Jones, where it's like, you just expected those guys to perform. And then we'd think about everything else. Like those guys are the guys that are stable. Everything else is what we're going to talk about. It's kind of like that where you always just expected DeAndre Hopkins just to show up and put up 15 to 1,800 uh, yards in a, in a season, 10 touchdowns, and you worry about everything else. And that's just kind of my thought process on him coming out and talking about this and him potentially sitting out the season. It's just something that we didn't really think about up until yesterday. Yeah, it came out, uh, I think, from Pro Football Talk. Mike Florio said if, if Hopkins opted not to play – he would owe the Cardinals somewhere in the vicinity of, of $22 million uh, in back pay. Uh, and he, of course, came out and said 
you know, I plan on playing for another nine years. It's it's a blip, right? He's going to be an Arizona Cardinal this year. I think the more interesting dynamic of the, the storyline is the fact that if you are not vaccinated and it's determined, I, I, I'm not sure how they would go about doing this, surface tracing again, if it's determined that you were the spreader of an outbreak within your team, and because of that, you cost your team a game that they have to subsequently forfeit. Not only do you lose that game and everything that comes with that, but everybody on your team loses their game check. So if you're somebody like, for instance, I don't know, Keyshawn Johnson, right, who's making $900,000 this year, it's going to work hard to make the team, and he doesn't get his game check for week seven against whomever because you opted to spread COVID because you're not vaccinated, that's a difficult look for Hopkins or whomever. And that is purely from a football standpoint. That's the parameters of what the NFL put in place. We're not arguing whether that's right or wrong. I'm just talking about the reality of the situation now. And that's not going to change. And people who want to compare it to last year, last year was the ultimate outlier. There was no vaccine. There were no fans. People who were allowed in the stadium were minimal outside of coaches, players, and medical staff. Now it's, the traveling circus is back on. You're going to have packed stadiums. You know, State Farm Stadium is going to be at full capacity, and they don't want to lose that revenue. I mean, at the end of the day, it's as much about health as, as it is money. They want to make sure everybody is financially taken care of, and if you opt to not get the vaccine, which the NFL and now the NFLPA believe is safe to take and will absolutely decrease your chances of becoming very ill with COVID-19, they feel like it's a, it's a no-brainer for, for players. And, you know, one last quick point, too, is, you know, it's a little bit disheartening, especially when you consider Michael Bidwell was, was hospitalized last year with COVID-19. Um, but I'm sure Hopkins, a lot of players do not compare themselves to the Michael Bidwells of the world. They're in peak physical condition. They're under 30 years old. Um, you know, maybe they've gotten it already and they feel like they have the antibodies. There's so many different kind of variables, but from a football standpoint, I would be more concerned about the players that are fringe 53 man roster players, practice squad players who can't pay their mortgage, can't pay their car payments because they miss a game check or two. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, and to add more context, and you got to really understand about DeAndre Hopkins, the person, the guy who negotiated his two-year $54 million extension, you got to wonder, like, okay, does, does he, where is his trust level with anything? Obviously, he doesn't want a representative. He doesn't want to give, what is it, the 5 to 10% to an agent. Um, he's a guy that's a, a bit, I guess you could say, eccentric. Um, you, you know how he is kind of, and, and Alex kind of shines some light on that, but with the NFL, it's a microcosm of society. And with them kind of throwing down the hammer with their new rules in place and their vaccination mandate, or some people, I thought Jody Ayler was kind of, uh, he called it an ultimatum. Uh, it, it's just kind of interesting. You're going to see people that are going to be upset with the decision. And we saw that DeAndre Hopkins is a bigger name than Cole Beasley is by a lot. And this is what happens when you have one of the faces of your league speak out against a very polarizing issue. And that's where we are with DeAndre Hopkins, Nook, and, and where he stands as far as uh, being vaccinated. We saw Jalen oh. Ramsey wasn't exactly... Uh, he, he seemed like he was in DeAndre Hopkins' camp, if you just kind of follow the Twitter timeline. 
Now, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, are you surprised the NFL said, no, we are not extending the season weeks? I mean, they said like, that- is that is that too harsh? Like, I mean, is that is that not like they did it once? Obviously, it was a cluster F. I mean, predominantly for the Steelers Didn't the, and the it's Steelers and the Titans got screwed over the most last year. No. The Titans ended up making the playoffs. So that, yeah. that wasn't a huge deal. But do you think that that's too far in a very, very fluid situation with COVID, even though it's gone, it's never going to be fully gone, especially with the variants and everything coming up, coming up now. No, I don't, because I, I think that they're committed to putting on a performance for fans to yeah. return. I think it has everything to do with the people that are going to be in the stadium. If I'm flying cross country with my family, if I live in Arkansas or South Carolina or wherever, I'm a diehard Cardinal fan. I've got tickets to this game this weekend. And then, oops, three days before COVID outbreak and yeah. they have to forfeit the game and not reschedule, what does that tell the players? It tells the players that you can't be fast and loose with this. There are no redos like last year. Don't compare it to last year. There's There are no similarities now. So whether I think that that's the right decision or not, that's neither here nor there. I, I just I believe that they are the people who want to compare it to 2020 do not have all their facts right. Yeah, and it's uh, it's just a conversation that's just getting started. DeAndre Hopkins just was the biggest name his reaction was kind of uh, spotlighted yesterday on Thursday, and uh, we're starting to see other players come out uh, as, as far as the NFL's rulings concerned. I mean, we, we talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, we talk about the Tennessee Titans, and they were dealing with that during the, the regular season. Also keep in mind the Cleveland Browns were absolutely just devastated, and they won a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the wild card round. Uh, I mean, you kind of forget about it because... They blew the doors off of Big Ben and, and their rival there in the AFC North in the first round of the playoffs. It's just uh, it's something that kind of real quick. Let's just put the button on this as far as our our conversation about it today. Before we get into our superlatives next week, vets report this isn't going to impact anything as far as DeAndre Hopkins showing up and doing his job for the Arizona Cardinals. He's just going to be very cognizant and very aware of what the rules are, what his his rights are. And uh, he's going to show up, I, I would almost 100% guarantee he's going to show up next week to do his job and be wide receiver one for the Arizona Cardinals uh, to start training camp. Anybody disagree? No, no. No, I would just think it, it's interesting. There are organizations, maybe not the Cardinals, that have put in place parameters for players. And I would imagine this maybe doesn't apply to Hopkins given his status, where you don't have access to certain areas within the, the building if you're not vaccinated. You certainly can't take your mask off if you're not vaccinated. So who knows? They, I would imagine if, if they're trying to set a standard, they would have to follow that and ensure that Hopkins follows any kind of necessary procedures. But I just think that that's interesting now that this is out. Is that going to cause some, I don't know, some you know hurt feelings throughout the season if Hopkins – doesn't follow procedures because he is DeAndre Hopkins. Something to something to watch for. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I mean it's just it's it's being an employee of an organization and it's understanding you know what what rules are in place and and what you have to follow. I, I think that anybody who's making the decision to to either get the vaccine or not to get the vaccine to understand what their rights are and and I, I don't I don't know if it I I would think that DeAndre Hopkins he seems like somebody he's not just going to do say something knee jerk. He's probably very well thought out and he understands that okay if I'm going to make this decision I'm going to have to probably roll with my my season's going to look similar to last year where I'm going to go through testing and players who are unvaccinated will go through is it daily testing 
I believe so. Uh, yeah, probably. I believe it's daily testing. I don't know if it's up to the organization or the NFL, but I, I think he probably understands that, especially very publicly making his uh, his opinion known. All right, let's wrap that up. Locked on Cardinals, part of your Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, Johnny Venerable. Let's get into uh, trying to predict a couple things for the 2021 Arizona Cardinals team. And this is uh, something that I... Took from Cody Rourke of Lockdown Broncos. He did this earlier this week, this exercise. The 2021 Cardinals best player, top rookie, which Alex and I kind of talked a bit on Thursday, throwdown Thursday. The breakout star, comeback player, and surprise player. We're going to start that combo. It's coming up. It's Lockdown Cardinals, part of your Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Olympics. They're kicking off. You had the opening ceremonies. You've got uh, just all the events about to go down from Tokyo. And you've got, of course, Built Bar. That is the protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Of course, That's a big flex, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. That's a huge flex. They do not. uh, You don't mess around as, as far as being an Olympic athlete about what you're putting into your body. And if I'm sure they've never had a more delicious option when it comes to their protein bar, because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar, bar none. If you don't know what Built Bar flavors are, you're missing out. Coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, and orange for a limited time the entire summer. Cookies and cream, German chocolate. But here's the thing, Alex, you're not cutting any corners as far as nutrition. 18 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, go to Built.com, use the promo code Locks 15. Get 15% off your order using the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, man, this is the last week that we're not going to have Cardinals football. How's that feel? Let that sink in a little bit. This is exciting. It's an exciting time. I think uh, Johnny was quicker than we were, Alex. We were going to put a moratorium in to kind yeah. of bid, <laughs> pay our final respects to the Phoenix Suns, but Johnny was like, I think, was it like, Right after the final buzzer played in Milwaukee that you said it's football season, or did you put it with like three minutes to go in the game? No, I think it was after, right when the buzzer hit uh, to try to perk up some folks. Because, uh, yeah, that was that was depressing. Yeah. Uh, but but listen, I, I think, you know, kudos to the Suns. Their incredible run. They'll be a, a factor moving forward regardless. No, but. it's too late for that, Johnny. <laughs> it's too late for that. That was a D move. Oh. We we gave I texted Bo and we I'm like listen about we got let's let's give him six days yeah let's give him six days I, I was about to put up the get the gif of Kyler Murray smiling before he threw the pass but I waited well you I had have. a resolve well football season technically never ends no uh, it's okay. year round but no 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 I think the the best way to kind of get over what happened to Phoenix I thought Larry should have announced his retirement or return the next day to kind of take some heat off. I thought that would have been a brilliant move uh, by Fitz to kind of alleviate some of the pressure that the Suns are facing now. It's going to be interesting. I wonder if the players are prepared to answer daily Larry Fitzgerald questions because this is something that's going to, that could potentially linger throughout training camp, even the preseason, with the door remaining open. I think that the door is going to be open. Even if he doesn't make a decision – even when the regular season kicks off, I think there's potential that Larry Fitzgerald could at any point come back. Is that correct? Yeah, I just don't think that's too wild to think that it could happen. If AJ Green, about it. if AJ Green isn't, you know, it doesn't have a resurgence, and Christian Kirk is the same player that he was at the end of last year, and you know Rondell Moore struggling to find his his legs at the NFL level. I mean, 
there could be a quick phone call to Fitz and his representatives. And he's like, okay, we need you. Get back in here with those sure hands. Let's go. Uh, I, I don't think that's crazy. All right, quickly, let's get into our uh, – there, there are a couple things I want to cover, and the first one is the Arizona Cardinals. Best player of 2021. Let's call this – should we just call this the Kyler Murray Award because I think some of – maybe we just take him off the table, or do, is that is – yeah. yeah, let's take him off the table. Okay. So, but but DeAndre Hopkins is still in the conversation. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Yes. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll let our guest uh, chime in with his – Arizona oh, we will. 2021. You're such a rude host. <laughs> With his Arizona Cardinals 2021 best player, and then Alex will go next. Best player on each side of the ball or, or throughout the entire roster? Let's just throughout the entire roster, just to us, because gotcha. it would take forever. Goodness, I you know, I, I do think Hopkins is going to be super productive this year. I think he's going to have more touchdowns. I think his his yardage could go down because of the added weaponry and the presence of cross your fingers, A.J. Green and Rondell Moore. So I think he'll have a similar season to last year. I don't think he's going to go for 1,600 yards. I don't think they want to be so dependent on him this year. Uh, I'm going to go with probably their, their best addition of the offseason. I think Rodney Hudson has an opportunity now – as a top three player at his position, somebody who was in, I mean, quite frankly, a, a kind of a toxic situation with the Raiders and John Gruden and now gets to come play uh, with Kyler Murray and company. I, I think that, listen, if you're asking me who are the top five players on the roster, I think you'd have to include Rodney Hudson um, just because of his pedigree and, and how you know consistently of a high level he plays at. It's not the sexiest move. Uh, because he is a center. I just think that at the end of the day, we're going to look back, regardless of how the Cardinals do this year, they're going to have a dynamic run game and their passing game is going to be on point because they've solidified their interior offensive line. I don't think one move is bigger than than Hudson uh, being acquired for, for a mere third-round pick. So I will go Rodney Hudson at the end of the year has an all-pro, you know, you know, not MVP, but all-pro kind of season at the center position that the Cardinals have not seen and – because of that, I'll say Rodney. Yeah, I appreciate that, but I still think that the best offensive line the Arizona Cardinals will ever have is Kyler Murray's legs. So it makes Ronnie Hudson's job a little bit easier than what it was with Derek Carr in the backfield in Oakland. It's Buda Baker, and it's not close. Like, this is, even though, like, if we're taking Kyler Murray out of it, Buda Baker is the quarterback of that defense. Not all cities are, but there is. And if the Cardinals are going to improve offensively, they need to stay at least status quo from last year where they were defensively if they want to make the playoffs. And it starts and ends with Buda Baker. Being healthy, being more opportunistic interception-wise, he's going to have to make up for the C-minus cornerback room the Cardinals have right now. Obviously, pending Marco Wilson and, and Tay Gowan be, being ready week one to be impact makers. And then you have two young guys in the uh, is interior line, inside linebackers who he's going to have to kind of cover up a little bit too until they get in the grand in the flow of playing an NFL game. So, it's Buda Baker. It's interesting, especially when you look at the how Buda Baker finished his season. I don't know what was going on. He didn't finish strong. If you look at his numbers, uh, he didn't even crack as far as combined tackles, double digits, the last what four or five games of the season. So hopefully he's going to be a guy that's ready to go. He's in a prime of his career. He's got. He's obviously secured the bag. So hopefully that's going to be something. Uh, I hope he becomes and emerges as what we've been talking about off off season long as one of the top safeties in the league. And it's going to be huge for the Cardinals for him to be that. 
Um, I agree with Rodney Hudson as well, but I'm gonna. I, I disagree with the DeAndre Hopkins as much as I'd love to see them spread the ball around and be more of a, a diverse offense instead of looking number 10's way. I think DeAndre Hopkins, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit more Monday, I think he's got a legitimate shot at some franchise records with the extra game. If you just look at how that kind of projects out into his 17th game, that he could approach 1,600 yards. He's a guy that's going to obviously, he's going to see 150 to 160 more targets this season. I think that he's going to be, continue to be your bread and butter, and you can't get away from that as much as I'd love to see somebody emerge opposite him. I, I don't think it didn't happen in Houston for the most part. You did have your Will Fullers and, and, and those other guys, the other rave wide receivers, but you still saw the lion's share of targets go to DeAndre Hopkins. That's not going to change this year either. I, I'm picking DeAndre Hopkins. I think he has another monster season for the Cardinals, and that's your star player for the 2021 season. Top rookie, this is something we talked about yesterday. Zayvon Collins, Rondell Moore. You've got uh, Tay Gowan, Marco Wilson, or you've got James Wiggins, or if you guys want to go Michael Manette for the uh, from Penn State, or some of the undrafted free agents. Anybody, uh, can you get away from the 16th overall pick linebacker, Zayvon Collins? And look, I'm going to allow all of us to, we can have people double down here. Yeah, I. if Michael Manette plays at all this season, something's <laughs> gone horribly, horribly wrong, with all due respect to Michael. Um, no, I think it has to be Zayvon in part just by default because of how poorly the Cardinals butchered the development of Isaiah Simmons last year. They've already acknowledged that by a, a, announcing on the day after they drafted him that he, he's going to be the starter and basically kick the incumbent Jordan Hicks to the to the bench, if not the curb, if they end up you know outright releasing him. Uh, I think by default, Xavier Collins starting 16, 17 games this year is going to put up stats. I think that this this defense now, especially this front seven, is too talented. It's going to have him in a position to get, I think, a handful of sacks. He's going to have a couple interceptions. No PFF linebacker had a higher grade in coverage than Xavier Collins, I think, for the last half decade. Super explosive. You know, he's put the off-the-field stuff behind him, you hope. If he stays healthy and, you know, Isaiah Simmons can call the defense, uh, I think he's going to be the, the biggest benefactor of Chandler Jones returning, Marcus Golden in the fold now, of course, the aforementioned J.J. Watt. I just think that there are too many key elite pieces, borderline elite pieces around Xavier Collins where he can just kind of clean up a lot of the mess and, and, and put himself in a position to have a gaudy, gaudy stat year for the Cardinals. And it's interesting. Bo and I did our thought on Thursday yesterday, and we said who's who needs to be the breakout rookie. And Bo said Zayvon Collins, and I'm going to stick with what I said yesterday, and it's Rondell Moore. And th- there's different reasons why, because obviously 16th overall pick, more pressure. Steve Kime did it again. Can he get it right this time? I get all of that. I get all of that. But I trust Vance Joseph to cover up holes more than I trust Cliff Kingsbury to agree. game plan around holes. And I think Rondell Moore, if he can step in, and but what was the number? 68. 68 catches for Rondo Moore is what I would love to see. Four catches a game. And I'm taking quantity over quality. I don't care. That means that Cliff Kingsbury found a way to get this dude in the offense in some sort of fashion and not turn into an Andy Isabella. Because they have obviously Rondo Moore is more talented than Andy Isabella, but they're kind of the same player. Like he's not a six four monster guy, outside guy, and Andy Isabella is Andy Isabella. They're more closely similar than they are different. But if Rondo Moore can make an impact, 
and steal that wide receiver two role from AJ Green, then we're cooking with gas, seeing the offense starting to blossom under Cliff Kingsbury. Because again, and I will continue to say this: if the offense isn't the strength, why is Cliff Kingsbury the head coach? Yeah, it's it's it, as far as it's going to come down to opportunity, and Zayvon Collins is getting the rarest of all opportunities, and that's to start as a rookie first rounder under Steve Kime. I tweeted it out yesterday that it was just the numbers are just so low. <laughs> As far as snap counts, like Jonathan Cooper, 17%. You had Robert Condiche, 8% of the snaps. Son Reddick, 42%. Isaiah Simmons, 34%. Dayon Buchanan is the highest snap count in his rookie season as a first-rounder, 65%. Uh, Terrible. You're going to see a guy like Zayvon Collins get an unprecedented opportunity for a first-rounder that's not a quarterback for the Cardinals under Steve Keim, and he's just going to have the opportunity. And I think as far as a prospect... He's a better prospect than Fred Warner was as a third-round pick coming out of BYU. Fred Warner balled out, 124 combined tackles, six passes defense in his rookie season. I think that those are numbers that Zayvon Collins can he can approach, if not have the season that Patrick Queen had last year for the Baltimore Ravens. He's going to have the opportunity to do it unless he, you know, unless he plays himself out of the role like Hassan Reddick did in 2017. Hopefully that doesn't happen. All right, let's let's wrap things up here. On the other side, we've got two more categories that we're going to cover here. We're going to talk about the breakout player and then the surprise player. There's going to be different breakout player, surprise player for the 2021 Arizona Cardinals. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, Johnny Venerable from Revenge of the Birds, the Revenge of the Birds podcast. All right, wrapping things up, Locked on Cardinals. Johnny, what's in the works on revengeofthebirds.com? What are you writing about? Well, we just did a big pod, seven storylines, Revenge of the Birds pod, uh, which is available on revengeofthebirds.com. Seven storylines entering the 2021 Cardinal training camp. Check that out. And, of course, we're talking about everything you're talking about. Hopkins, you know, the Lamont-Gilliard situation, which, you know, I think we thought was interesting and, and what drove that decision. And we're still waiting for our first time time signing. Andy Kwong, who does a <laughs> phenomenal job for the website, put together uh, a couple key additions the Cardinals could make before the season. So check that all out at revengeofthebirds.com. All right, Alex, we'll let you go first here. The Arizona Cardinals 2021. Yay. Let's go with the uh, breakout star of the 2021 season. For the Arizona Cardinals? No, the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Um, well, it may be your starting fantasy football quarterback, ladies and gentlemen. Bo Brock decided to draft Matthew Stafford. So, no, no, I, um, are you serious? Everybody knows that. Let's go. Um, I didn't know that. So, it's got to be Chase Edmonds. Mm. I mean, if because they didn't draft a running back, they brought in a 27-year-old uh, injury-riddled guy, although he's going to be a great locker room guy. Uh, in James Conner, and hopefully, you know, he's got some juice left as as an RB2. Um, I'm sorry I'm taking this one because I'm assuming one of you guys was going to say it. It has to be Chase Edmonds. Like, it's – if they don't have a run game, you're going to put Kyler in harm's way more than you want to, and that could be a very slippery slope into some conversations we don't want to have. So Chase Edmonds by default, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll, I'll disagree because in 2019 they had a ravaged running back room and they shipped out a fifth-round pick for – a guy who had four practices with them and went over 100 yards on Thursday night football, that being Kenyon Drake. So I, I think they could remedy that, maybe not immediately. And I also, we, we want to see what the aforementioned Arizona Sun Devil, you know, Benjamin could do with a preseason this year. So as much as I love Chase, I think he's going to be an integral part of what they do in 2021. I, I think the logical answer 
is one of two players, and I'm going to go with the 2019 33rd overall pick being Byron Murphy. Listen, the Cardinals were you know, horrifically below average pedestrian at cornerback last year, and within that group, Murphy was clearly the standout. He had a 63.6 grade on PFF, and his run defense was over 70. I think it was like 74. He he's completely retooled his his physical appearance. He's ready for the load that comes with being now a predominantly outside cornerback. The Cardinals could have made a plethora of moves at corner this this entire offseason. They could have made that position their number one priority. They could have traded up for J.C. Horner, Patrick Sertain. Could have taken Asante Samuel, moved up a couple picks for him in the second round. I believe they, they did none of this because of their internal belief. Vance Joseph, internal belief, year three, Byron Murphy's going to come out and have a breakout season. I'm talking... 80-plus grade via PFF, multiple interceptions, the lockdown corner. Of course, not Pete Patrick Peterson, but a low-end number one corner that they can lean on for years to come, and I think he gets a nice extension after this season. They are strangely content at the cornerback position, and it's been obviously a fan base that's not content at all with their cornerback position. So Byron Murphy would be huge, so would be Chase Edmonds. But i got to disagree with you both. I thought one of you was going to go with the eighth overall pick from 2020 in Isaiah Simmons. He's got to be the breakout star. I talked about the snap counts, and you look at the year two progression as far as snap count percentage for first-round picks, and Isaiah Simmons getting the starting job is going to be right on par with that, and I expect him to see a lot more production. And it's got to be that linebacking core that sets the tone for this defense and kind of paves them into the future. I want. I, I think Isaiah Simmons can absolutely ball out. I mean, you talk about a guy with an absolute... You don't see this kind of skill set... I mean, that's that was what the big thing about him was pre-draft was he was just an animal as far as a tool shed. Uh, sub four, four forty. You've got a guy who's about six four, uh, just about two two hundred forty pounds. You know what he can do as far as coverage skills, getting after the quarterback. He can do everything now with a preseason, uh, you know, training camp. I'm excited about Isaiah Simmons. I think he can absolutely just ball out for the Cardinals this season. Last one, surprise player. Uh, who's who's going to put their name on the line and say Andy Isabella? Anybody? No. <laughs> Would it Go be a ahead, surprise Johnny. if he made the roster? I think that that was just my next point. <laughs> I think it's going to be a surprise if he makes the team, especially yeah. if Larry Fitzgerald comes back. My surprise player is... Fingers crossed is going to be right guard Josh Jones playing 13-plus games, starting, solidifying himself as the right guard of the future. And listen, he could take over at left guard next year if they let Justin Pugh walk. But I would say it's Josh Jones coming in, winning a job out of camp, and allowing himself to be a staple on what I think is going to be a top-10 offensive line this year. In 18, we trust. It's A.J. Green. It's been A.J. Green. It shouldn't need to be A.J. Green. It shouldn't need to be a surprise guy. A.J. Green is going to have 800 yards receiving this year. He's going to have a handful of touchdowns, and he's going to show everybody that he can still do it. He was in Cincinnati with Ryan Finley, and we saw this with Larry Fitzgerald here when Kyler Murray got drafted. He went younger. He went Christian Kirk. Uh, uh, what the, what the hell is his name? Joe Burrow went T Higgins. He went away from AJ green. AJ green is going to be the guy that is going to surprise everybody and potentially be the off season move with the most impact for the Arizona Cardinals this year. Bo. Yeah. I mean, you just, you are the head of the, uh, of the fan club there. I didn't, you know, it's, this is a tough one. I mean, it's, it's one that you can really just kind of get, be very bold with because, 
at the end of the day, who cares if you miss out on who's the <laughs> surprise player? But I, I like it would be huge for the Arizona Cardinals with both of those guys. Uh, you look at this wide receiver core, you've got the usual suspects there. You've got the offensive line. I'm, you know, the running back core, I don't think you can pick anybody there unless you're going to go like real sleeper pick, like you mentioned, Eno Benjamin. I just don't know if the or- what the organization's thoughts are. There were a couple opportunities last year, and he just didn't, his name didn't come up. Oh, uh, man. I, I mean, jeez. It's this is the toughest one. I, I gotta imagine as far as when you look at this defense and where their strengths are, the middle of that defensive line, there isn't a whole lot of run. You gotta help maybe like a guy like uh like Xavier Williams is gonna come up and emerge as is the guy that can hold down the nose tackle spot, but that's not fun to talk about as a surprise player. Ah man. And I don't wanna say Robert Alford because I don't believe in Robert Alford. I have a guy that we haven't seen in two seasons. So is is it fair to say Marcus Golden is going to surprise you when everybody's talking about Chandler Jones and JJ Watt or since you and you the three of us know about Marcus Golden and I think he could probably approach double digit sacks this season. Yeah, no. he, he sleepswalk his way to 8 to 10 sacks if yeah. he plays 17 games. And real quick, I know we got to go. Yeah. There's one guy that needs to that maybe I should have maybe switched it to this. It could be Matt Prater. I mean, when you look at what they had with Zane Gonzalez last year, if you had a hierarchy of guys that you trust kicking in important situations, Prater's got to be top 10 over the last seven or eight years since he was in Denver. I mean, he has to be. Is it, with this be with a surprise player because if anybody if any of the names emerge that they're gonna that they're gonna kick the tires on to be a, the playmaking tight end where's your is any guy do you guys want to put any money down on any of these guys whether it's Ross Travis or uh, Bruno LaBelle, undrafted guy. You got you like any of these guys making these rosters? Or this roster? I don't know if they'll make the team. I still think they're going to acquire a tight end of of note of name, either in the coming weeks. I think they're going to see what they have, uh, or they're going to do it during the preseason. But again, I said this on our pod: tight end and and backup tight ends that have quality receiving sets are kind of like the poor man's left tackle, where teams aren't just giving them away because they can be such a presence down the middle of the field. So I think the Cardinals have just dug themselves into a, into a hole, put themselves in a corner at that position where they're, they're kind of desperate right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if you could use Max Williams, more of a Kyle use check role where you get him more involved in the pass game. I mean, you know, that, I mean, he's got hands. We've seen the scampers from Max Williams. It's one of the favorite things to watch that happens twice a year. What the 49ers have done with Kyle Juszczyk, and I know he's technically a, f- a fullback. Yeah, for sure. It can be done. That's the one thing that I will give Kyle Shanahan Kingsbury, credit for. He, he, he doesn't have Kyle Shanahan draw up the plays for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's asking Sean McVay for side for field passes right. before games, so who knows how close they are. All right. Well, it's been a fun episode. We'll post our predictions uh, along with the YouTube sh- show. We'll actually be live uh, we're going to premiere it at 5 on Friday evening. Johnny Venerable, look for his work coming up. Revenge of the Birds. Check out the seven storylines going into training camp next week for the Arizona Cardinals in the 2021 season. Alex Clancy, follow him on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Johnny on Twitter at Johnny Venerable. Follow me at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. You guys have a great rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. The Arizona Cardinals open up training camp next week. We're talking all about it right here. Locked on Cardinals.